etymology and why we say the things we say. I'm Milo. And I'm Dave. He's my dad. And she is my daughter. That's how that works. It is. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Welcome. Today I'm going to start with some theater. Oh, we like, I like, you know, it's funny because um, I've, I've done theater as you have as well. And I was out of the theater world for a while. Mm-hmm. And when I went back into theater, it had been probably 15 years. And I remember trying out for a play, getting the part, all that excitement. And then going to the first rehearsal and getting hugged. And I'm like, oh, that's right. I'm with theater people again. <laughs> they hug. They do. Theater people tend to be quite uh, touchy-feely. They are. Which makes sense, right? Because it's a lot about the physical, like, you know body and connection to other actors and acting is reacting and so those physical ties come more comfortably i think i think so that makes sense i I don't know that i've ever totally tried to uh think about why that is but it's definitely if you've done theater um the show barry does a fan and hbo does a fantastic job i love that show skewering theater people In a really funny way. Yes, it's it's a very good show for many reasons. Um, mm-hmm. If you like thrillers, check it out. Yeah, or Henry Winkler. Or Henry Winkler. Or Thrillers Blader. or Henry Winkler. So we talk about Shakespeare every once in a while, and we will a couple of times today as well. So I want to start with some Titus Andronicus today from Act 4, Scene 2. So you said Titus Andronicus? Do you know the show? No. Okay, so it's maybe the darkest in Shakespeare's canon. It's rough. I didn't know Shakespeare had a canon. (laughs) There is a lot of a uh, dismemberment and child death and uh, forced cannibalism. And it's a very dark show. Which one is that? Titus Andronicus. Oh, that's the name of it. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was just a title. I thought mean, it was like the name of a character. It is the name of a character, too. Sure, sure. Yeah, no, I that's know. the name of the Wow. Okay. Yeah. So I think guys... Russell Crowe played him once. I don't know. Uh, that, that's, that's fair. But uh, yeah, so listeners, you can tell I am not a big Shakespeare guy. <laughs> I've never actually seen Titus Andronicus. I think I've maybe seen about 10 Shakespeare shows, but that's, that's one I have not. That's pretty... I, I could name one that I saw. What have you seen? Hot Tub Time Machine. No, okay. Was that Shakespeare? Yeah, no. No. No, probably not. Have no. you actually seen that movie? No. Oh, okay. I didn't think so. No. What Shakespeare have you seen? Midsummer Night's Dream, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably pieces of Hamlet, Much Ado Without Nothing. Hamilton isn't. Uh, no, I no. didn't say Hamilton. <laughs> I have seen Hamilton. Yes. Um, not a lot. I'm not a big Shakespeare guy. Okay. No. Nope, that's fair. Stop it's... judging me. <laughs> So let's uh, read this little back and forth. I might actually have you do it with me. I would like that. increase the size. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, because I won't be able to see it because I'm old. Well, no, just so that you... It doesn't... I wouldn't be able to see it. Well, that too. Because I am old. I'm 105. (laughs) This is not true. In dog years. Okay. So 
you can be Demetrius and Chiron, and I will be Aaron. Okay. Villain, what hast thou done? That which thou canst not undo. Thou hast undone our mother. Villain, I have done thy mother. Oh. So that is a very example, early example of a yo mama joke. <laughs> which is what we're going to be talking about today oh. here on the Watch Your Mouth Pod. Starting with Bill Shakespeare. Yep. The originator of the Yo Mama no, jokes. No, not the originator. What? That is often misrepresented. Oh. Um, so that is commonly what you'll see on the internet. They're like, yeah, look at this really early Your Mama joke. You know, yeah. oh, I laid with your mother. Ha ha ha, I've done yeah. your mother. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yes. That's, people are like, oh, Shakespeare invented. It goes much, much, much further back than that. Wow. <laughs> Want to guess how far back? Uh, BC times, I imagine, then. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Are we talking like Mesopotamia, the Babylonians? Or We're talking we... Babylonians. Yay! We're ding, talking 1,500 BC. We're going to Nebuchadnezzar days. That's we... about as early as it gets I, in yes. terms of written. In fact, it's in cuneiform. There's a Yo Mama joke in cuneiform. There is a Yo Mama joke in cuneiform found in Iraq. It's a clay tablet. Do uh, you want to know what it says? I do. So it says, it's it's this whole tablet of riddles, of just like oh. jokes. So we have a what? tablet of cuneiform jokes, which, how f- incredible is that? Um, it's not Hammurabi's code? No. I've seen that. Have you? It's at the Louvre. Oh, you're right. It's amazing. And then you yeah. tell people you've seen it, and they're like, what? I don't know what that is. Is that? Like, no, no, no. It's not a new Law and Order show. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's actually a really interesting thing. So, it's so specifically, not this uh, this tablet is written in Akkadian, which is a form of cuneiform, uh, which is just fun to say. I do you say it cuneiform. Cuneiform, I, yeah. Well, it's, it's nice. It's, we it's say a it language used by the Babylonians. Yes, one, what? two, three. Cuneiform. cuneiform. Well, let's let's. Let I'll be very embarrassed if we're saying it wrong, but I I'm fairly love, certain that's right. I would really be happy. We were. Okay, let's do it with the listeners. We with the listeners, we'll do it okay. all at the same time. You ready, listener? To say this with us on the count of three. Uh huh. One, two, three. Cuneiform. Did Thank you, enjoy you for joining it? us. Did you now, like it? jacket pocket. What? Jacket pocket. Oh, jacket pocket. Uh huh. What's that? Just another fun thing to say. So just to go over a couple of the other uh, jokes on this tablet, or, or riddles. Oh, we didn't even do the your mom one yet. Oh, so, yeah, 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 uh, yeah, start there. It's, this is the riddle. Your mom is by the one who has had intercourse with her. What or who is it? That's the joke. Hilarious. <laughs> right? Isn't Whoa. that, you know, oh, it's so funny. <laughs> um, there's also... In your mouth and in your teeth, constantly stared at you, the measuring vessel of your lord. What is it? I don't know. Beer. What? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta work I on think, your game, I think it's just saying that, like, you know, they're just calling the watch the reader a drunkard, I guess. I think it's supposed Good. to be the... Sick burn, yo. Yeah. Um, so, the archaeologists who discovered it did say that they think it was a Babylonian student because it was very poorly written. Like, there's a lot of grammatical mistakes <laughs> in the get, Akkadian. How did you get on the cuneiform? What? That. How did you get on the cuneiform? Well, in, so these are tablets. Cuneiform is a form of writing. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. It's not how a specific... It's not just one tablet. How did they get... Oh, they, just, they found a tablet that, that's just bonehead. Yes. For, yeah, this is like a student's practice writing tablet, and he just wrote oh, some jokes on it, and they're very poorly written. Can you imagine if they found 
like in you know a thousand years stuff we wrote or this podcast well i think i seeing how like things like this have continued it is interesting to think about just like these yeah. threads that have gone through because like maternal insults yeah. they <laughs> go back to as long as people have been writing things down we got to keep these we got to keep the yo mama jokes uh-huh. there's got to be a way to insult someone else's mom exactly isn't yeah. that like an interesting impulse yeah, because it's, you know, and I'm sure you're going to get into why these have endured mm-hmm. and why this have continued throughout time. We need to be able to insult probably one of the people dearest to us. Right. Right. And someone who uh, led to our genealogy, so we have pieces of them, so it implies something about ourselves as sure. well. Sure, yeah, sure. Um, I do want to note up top that, of course, these jokes throughout the ages have been notable for being sexist, of course. Oh, yeah. Ableist, sex-shaming, fat-shaming, racist, homophobic, and transphobic. Yeah, you got <laughs> Like, across that. the board. Absolutely. Like, all of those things and many more. Like, these are not good jokes. They are, yeah. you know, very disparaging of many different types of people who sure. are fine and should not be disparaged. But... Yeah. Yeah. It's just interesting the duration of this kind of joke, and that was where I was coming from. So I told you at the beginning, you didn't know what I was going to be discussing. No idea. Uh, Not this time. And I realized this morning, as I was putting the final touches on the episode, that I was accidentally topical. Oh, it's your mom's birthday. This episode is coming out on my mother's birthday. Yes, I, okay, right. Because I was like, oh, mom's birthday's on Tuesday. Wait. This episode's coming out on Tuesday. We did <laughs> and it's that. about your mama jokes. And this last week we were was the Dr. Seuss episode, yes. which I don't know that people I hope people believe us, but I totally just decided to do do another biopic episode and it turned out like, oh wow, we're gonna put this out on his birthday. And then the the whole news came out about Dr. Seuss and him the whatever his estate deciding that they were gonna stop publishing those six books. Yeah. So that was not planned. No, but neither was this. It was yeah. Sometimes weird coincidences happen. So, yeah, go back and listen to that episode, and you can find more resources on the links for that, too, about what happened there, if you hadn't heard. So, as I said, these did not originate with Shakespeare, but there are a couple examples in Shakespeare. Okay. Um, So, in Act 1, Scene 1 of Timon of Athens, also have not read, uh, Painter says... You are a dog. And Apomantus says, Thy mother's of my generation. What's she if I be a dog? So, oh. an early expression of calling someone's mother a bitch. Yeah. Yeah, like you do. Um, <laughs> I do not. <laughs> so, and then again in King Lear, we do see another one. One that art nothing but the composition of a knave, beggar, coward, pander, and the son and heir of a mongrel bitch. Okay. That is a powerful. You also put that in your episode. I did. The exact oh no! Same <gasps> I'm going to talk about that. What about son of a gun? Yes. Are you really? Oh no! Are you really? Yes. It's in my notes. Well, then we'll just we'll, we'll see where this goes. Okay. It's well, fine. Yep. Okay. Oh no! <laughs> this was bound to happen eventually, listener. But my dad and I brought essentially the same thing. To we don't compare notes. It, I think don't. it'll be okay. Well, we'll find okay. out. Yeah, we will. We may skip week next week. <laughs> oh boy. Um. Yeah. So <laughs> let's talk about some other early examples of uh, 
motherly insults. But first, thank you for joining our highly professional podcast where yes. we do lots of planning. <laughs> Clearly, this is a father-daughter uh, podcast. Yes. We're doing, we're doing this to have fun, and thank you for joining us. Yes, we appreciate it. Yeah, but anyway, continue. So we'll I did see. want to talk about the phrase, son of a bitch, I'm because sure. I think it's interesting <laughs> in a very like common like combination of words, sure. right? Yeah. So in the 1650s, uh, it was common to hear the phrase, son of a bachelor, Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And then uh, around that time, they guess that also son of a bitch came out. Because if you're going to insult the dad, you also have to insult the mother. But that's the one that stuck. Yes. Clearly. Yeah. Nobody says son of a bachelor anymore. We like, should that's start a weird... it, though. No. I mean, I wonder if that's where the word... I don't know how, what the etymology of bastard is, but... Uh, yeah, I don't know. But anyway, so I was wondering when I saw son of a bitch i was like oh people also say son of a gun where does that come from <laughs> great that's my episode yeah. we're gonna record after this one yeah. i looked up son of a gun and so did i but much more briefly so i probably won't touch on everything you that's did because this is just a footnote yeah, in mine sure so it's partially so there's a couple different estimations of where it comes from as you probably know (laughs) i know um tell me so it could be just like a way to not be profane like we say shoot instead of shit and we say jeez instead of jesus right but i like saying it like that jesus jesus (laughs) when when did you become a southern evangelist (laughs) i don't know someone the other day commented complimented me on my southern accent what, why were you doing Listener, I no, I wasn't, is the thing. What? I was talking, and someone was like, I really like your southern accent. Oh. And I was like, no. <laughs> wait, wait, what? Because I was also with my friend Kimmy, who's from the south. Yeah. And we were talking together, and someone uh, said, I like your southern accent. She was like, oh, I didn't think I really had it. And they were like, no, I was talking to Milo. And I was like... I have never been to the South. <laughs> Did you, are you a mimic? Do you hear it? And do you think you... Yes. Okay. But Kimmy does not have a Southern accent. Nobody in the room had a Southern accent. Oh. So I don't know what this person was smoking, but... If I listen to a comedian or someone for a while with someone with a specific cadence, I will start oh picking gosh. it up subconsciously. Me too. Like when for a couple of days, I'm like, oh, I'm saying it like who so-and-so, like yes. I know exactly where that's from. Like, and I was not intentionally, I just, it just invades my it brain. It does, especially somebody like these charismatic people who are performers, right? They have a yeah. very specific cadence because sure. that's how they get their name across. And it is kind of addictive. Like I listen to a lot of podcasts and if yeah. I like binge a new podcast, if the person has like a specific cadence, I might start slipping into it. Yep. But Southern accents are especially sticky for me, at least. Like really? if somebody comes and speaks, when I used to work retail, if someone would come and speak in a Southern accent, I had to physically like hold myself back from parroting it back to them because Southern accents just stick to my voice. Can I hear it? No, because I can't do it on command. You can't do accents on no, command? No, not really. Could you say, my oh my, I took way too much food? <laughs> my oh my, I took way too much food. Thank you. Yep. There it is. You, you did that well. <laughs> Why, thank you. I try. Yeah. Um, so, son of a gun. It is also uh, tracked back to around the 1800s. During this time, the British Navy would allow women to live on naval ships. Yes, they would. <laughs> So, children born born on 
on the ship would often be like, eh, are they actually this person's? Because there's a lot of women, there's a lot of men, maybe there's some promiscuity happening. So it was a yeah. way to imply that maybe you were a bastard and maybe your mom was promiscuous. Yes. So therefore you were a son of a gun, aka the son of a promiscuous sailor or soldier. Yes. Yeah. Yep. That's what I found out too. <laughs> Great. By the way. <laughs> but I did more than one, um, more than one. Yes. Uh, because there wasn't a lot in It could also mean. <laughs> okay, here we go. Um, it was it was estimated by William Henry Smith in 1867 that son of a gun could be like a soldier's bastard because sailors and soldiers would go overseas yeah. and be away from their wives and then get up to some, you know, extra marital hanky panky. Little. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Horizontal tango? That's Are right. we just saying bad words for sex now? Yes, uh, conforming the beast with two backs. The, I hate that one. Shakespeare. Yeah, it's yeah. terrible. It I don't like oh, it. Oh, it's not. It, it's so romantic. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I want to get a Valentine's Day card for my wife. Oh, God. Please don't. No? Okay, no. fair enough. Anyway. Sorry. <laughs> no one's listening at this point anymore anyway, so uh-huh. we're just having yep. fun. We, we do just have fun. This isn't about you, listener. It's about us having fun. So that's the end of my son of a gun. Okay. Um, So there's hopefully some leftover for you. When you tune in next week, if you are faithful listeners, you're going to hear a little bit of repeat. So just bear with it. Just bear with it. I'm just going to bring a little bit different spin on it. Okay. But anyway, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. We also see, I thought this was interesting. We can see a similar epithet going far as back as Old Norse in Bikusanor. Or son of a slut. Apologies ah, for my language. That is a little, yeah, that's a little yeah. rougher. So from the Old Norse, then it went into Middle English, bishson, which is uh-huh. means the same thing, uh-huh. a slut's son. Yeah. So we're using fun language today, guys. Thanks it's going to get worse. Because next we're going to talk about flighting. But first, one more example of son of a bitch from very, very early on. In 1330, Arthur Arthur and Merlin, Merlin. in a spirited exchange, character demands, Whom callest thou queen, scad bitch? Who are you calling a whore, you miserable bitch? Wow, that's so strong. There's some strong language. There's going to be an R rating on this one. Do you know Um, who wrote the of Arthur and and of Merlin? I did not see that, but... I did not, but I did not look into it I extensively. I was gonna, and I forgot. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter because I thought, well, it doesn't matter because we we're not gonna know who they were anyway. Right, but sometimes you get a cool name out of it. Yeah, um, yeah, like uh, Craven Laycock. Like Craven Laycock. Yeah, it's a good name. Incredible name. Last week, last week's episode, Doctor Seuss. Yes, there's also a uh, novel from 1823 uh, that says "son of a bitch." Very, it was maybe one of the first um, categorizations of it, all of it together. Mm-hmm. At least that's what English historian Jeffrey Hughes thinks. Uh, so, in the book 76 about the American Revolutionary War, the protagonist once said, "I wheeled, made dead set at the son of a bitch in my rear, unhorsed him, and actually broke through the line." So that's the first time oh. in print in English we see all together, son of a bitch. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I didn't get that one. Oh, well, there we go. Hey, new stuff. <laughs> Supplemental episoding. But let's talk about flighting. I don't know what flighting is. You don't know what flighting is. Do okay, I think you will once I go into it because okay. it was one of those things I, like, kind of knew but hadn't really understood the scope of. I feel a little scared. 
<laughs> Why are you scared? I don't know. You said it was going to get worse, and so now I'm oh, afraid this is going to be a bad thing. It, there will be some bad things. Um, okay. There will be more language, I should say. Alright. Um, so, apologies in advance. If you don't like poor language, this will be... Well, I say poor language. Coarse. But coarse language, this is not the upset for you. You've probably noticed that already. <laughs> so, uh, there is a... Uh, writer named Timar Baskind, who gave a little like presentation about flighting. There's a video I'll link to, but it's just a nice little encapsulation of what flighting is. But during the beginning, she talks about how she has a Venn diagram with three circles, how it is the intersection of boasting, insults, and profanity. When those three things come together, you get flighting. Okay. So flighting, I'll talk a bit about this more later, but think of rap battles. That is our foremost form of flighting that exists today. Yes. You engage in many yourself, I understand. I do. I have my own YouTube channel. Oh, do you? No, I do Who do you rap battle with? Uh, Myself. Except I'm doing like a Gollum-like character. Oh, no. Okay, moving on. (laughs) Um. (laughs) No, that's true. It's not real. Uh, So there's an article by Colleen Stein. I wanted to read her description of uh, the definition of flighting just to give you a better picture. So she says, one specific method of speech that this paper examines is known as flighting. The term denotes a performed rhetoric, an art form of combative orality, in which participants engage in insults and braggery to prove their verbal dexterity for a greater purpose, such as influencing the actions of a leader or promoting one's own standing among the social order, especially that latter, as we'll see. That's my own adding in. Mm -hmm. There's always stakes involved in flighting that necessitates an audience, a judge, and a victor. So it's verbal sparring. Sure. It's just the back and forth. Um, And she also notes, the function exists less in extolling one's own virtue and instead resides in providing one's worthiness to be heard. Okay. So it's about being loud and proud and getting your point across in the most bodacious and probably offensive way possible. It does sound a lot like your mom (laughs) and her birthday. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. That could be the farthest thing from the truth for her. Yes. My my mom is very soft-spoken, I would say. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And not one to boast either. (laughs) So flighting, obviously, I mean, poetic, verbose arguing between people, that goes back forever. Oh, sure. Like, but I love how pervasive just poetic arguing is Mm -hmm. and how people's way with words is seen as a weapon. That's kind of a fun motif that goes throughout history. So we see it quite often in uh, Norse literature. Okay. There are many, many flights, uh, which is just fun to say. There is specifically one called Lokasana, in which Loki goes to Agir, which is like the big hall where the gods go. He wasn't invited to the party. So he goes in and insults every one of them. It's a roast. It's a Norse roast. He goes in and he wants to, like, create some infighting. Sure. So he, like, reveals everybody's secrets in, like, poetic and bouncy ways. And, like, they retort back at him, but he keeps on going. Sure. Um... So it's just it's it's a lot of fun I think as a as a medium and it just travel it keeps on traveling through. There's examples of it in Beowulf. Okay. So Old English has a lot of examples. There's many examples in Scotland. We'll go through that in a minute. Good. Uh, in the Iliad, Odysseus engages in flighting uh, with the Archaeans. I never Achaeans. Sorry. It's okay. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Inuit cultures have a form of flighting. You, just for people who don't know what Inuit culture is, I actually do know. I'm not asking. That's uh-huh. a clever way to go. I don't know what that is, but tell the people what that is. <laughs> I do know what it is, but why don't you? Uh... 
So Inuit is a, a um, native culture from the northern, what is now North, North America. Uh, there is a more common word for them, but it is a slur. Oh, is it? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. So it's known as the East slur. It is referred to, it's, it was used to be used to refer to a, a certain form of kissing where you rub your noses together. Don't say that word, guys. Oh. Um, that's not a good word. No. You can look up Inuits if you want to learn what that word is, but I'd rather not say it. I know it's being reclaimed by some native populations, like they, some people do use it. I am not native in any way. I am okay. not going to say it. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think probably everybody does. Sure. But, yeah, yeah, I got you. I didn't know. Just to talk about it. Yep, that's considered that. a slur. So. Um, there is another very ancient form of flighting in the Bible. Mm. And our friend Job. Uh-huh. I don't know if you're aware of this one. I, I know Job quite well. Well, I know you know Job, but I mean, I don't know if you know <laughs> this instance. When he's talking with his friends after they show up and he's they're kind of going back and forth as to why he's going through these bad things. Okay. Job says, uh, doubtless you are the only people who matter and wisdom will die with you. Oh. That was Job's burn. That's a good burn. He was, yeah, I thought, yeah. <laughs> when you die, wisdom dies with you because you are all so wonderfully wise. Uh-huh. So anyway. Sarcasm. Let's... Biblical sarcasm. Yeah. I like it. Uh, there is Arabic poetry that is flighting. Uh, it's called Nakid. I'm probably saying that wrong. And in Japan, they have Haikei. Uh, also, maybe saying that wrong. That's H-A-I-K-A-I. Yeah. Uh, and in Finland as well. In, especially in their mythological. So a lot of these examples, the places we find them are mythological. Okay. Places of flighting, which I think is fascinating. Of These mythological characters are so strong, and so they fight these wars and these monsters, but they also have to have a sharp wit and a sharp tongue so mm -hmm. that they can take down oppressors from many different angles. So, you know, you think of the Iliad, you think of the... Norse gods, you think of Beowulf, all of these big characters who need to be good with their words as well as their sword. Yes, it. Uh, I I will tell you in comedies that is m my favorite type of humor is just wordplay, which is why we do the yeah. podcast. But just people like in Ocean's Eleven was a movie that really struck me just how witty yeah. the writing was. I just really enjoyed. Especially Brad Pitt and George Clooney in a couple times. It was real fast back and forth. Mm -hmm. And it just made me so happy, just that witty exchange. Because you get to, like, ride the rush of that, right? Of, like, oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. that was good. Oh, back what a great forth. comeback. Yep. It's fun. And it's rare. That type of writing is hard to find, I think. It's it's a hard thing to get right. Yes. Because I it, think it, it exists in a lot of different forms. Because that's a lot of comedy is kind of insulting. And it, it's trying for wit. Mm-hmm. But actual wittiness is hard to pin down. Yes, I agree. So I wanted to talk about a very famous flight. Okay. And read some of it. Oh. Because flighting was very popular in Scotland. Uh, Scotland. Scotland. I do like the Scottish accent. Can you slice me off a little piece of it? I kind of have to work myself up to it. I have to think of Mike Myers. I have to think of Shrek. <laughs> That's probably the... He's not actually Scottish, is he? Oh, I think he is. Oh, okay. I don't know for sure, but I believe he is. It's a lot like Irish for me, but it's a little harsher. <laughs> uh -huh. That's it. That's all I got. It, I don't think it's awesome, but I think it's okay. Probably not perfect. It's pretty good, though, yeah? But it's not bad. Damn. Okay, well, I got, I got a C plus on <laughs> I am one. not an expert. If we have any Scottish listeners, let us well, know. Well, no, that'll be garbage to them. Uh-huh. 
But uh, every once in a while, I have been known to just slip into accents at work and at home. <laughs> just because it gets stuck in my head. I go speak it out. Now I feel better. I'm glad. Thank you. I am watching uh, the new DuckTales. Oh. In which David Tennant plays <laughs> yes. Scrooge McDuck. Yes, he does. And it's great. His yeah. voice is just incredible. Is he doing Scottish or Welsh? He's doing Scottish. Oh, he is doing the yeah. full Scottish. Okay. Yeah. And you can, but you can just like taste the, you know, some of the vowels. I'm just like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just hear it. Uh, yeah. You got to mimic it. Do you ever say it? You hear a show and you got to say the thing that oh, you for heard sure. yeah. was really well. Yeah, you, just, you bounce oh. it back. I've got to feel that in my, I've yep. got to hear that coming up with my voice. Yeah. I think as a writer, that's a thing. You just got to like, or even as a performer, like you just have to feel it for yourself and then yeah. maybe incorporate a little bit of it. Can see what, why it fits. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. It, it's fun to say. And this is what's coming up is also fun to say. What is it? Uh, a lot of swears. So I apologize in advance because some of them are bad. Oh. Uh, yeah, some of them I think I've never said in my front of my father before. Oh, boy, here um, we go. So that's fun. But I specifically want to talk about one of the most famous flights. It's from the 1500s. Uh, these two gentlemen named William Dunbar and Walter Kennedy, they were Scottish. Mm -hmm. And they had this performance they would do together called The Flighting of Dunbar and Kennedy. It's the earliest surviving example of the Scottish version of flighting. And okay. they would actually perform it. It's it's poetry. So they it, it is written as well that they would do these as performances. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to read it first, and then I'm going to tell you a little bit about these guys. All right. So this is just one segment. This is a long, long poem. But this is one segment from Dunbar to Kennedy. Okay. You can revel like the devil, but level and surrender. Thief or grief and mischief shall come courting. Grovel for grace, dog face, or I shall chase you all winter. Howl and yowl, owl. I shall foul your fame and fortune. Naked cap on, fed and bred against a bitch's side. And like a mongrel, criminal, no man sets aught by you. Cunt bit, sorry shit, worthless git, hardened hide, wasted weather, tawdry tether, evil adder, I defy you. This is what friends say to each other. This is what friends say to each other. You know, fellow poets. They're, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. they're also men of the cloth. <laughs> wow. So William Dunbar was an ordained priest. Okay. And Walter Kennedy was a parson and aristocrat. Nice. Um, they were both bards, Scottish bards. And... Uh, Dunbar especially was a satirist. He wrote a lot of satirical work. But yes, they were both men of the cloth, and uh, this is the kind of thing they wrote every once in a while. They thought that was fun. I, I mean, I think it is fun. The rhythm of that is very fun. It's very sharp, the rhyming and the alliteration. Yeah. It's very clever. And, you know, you see, again, I picked this passage out partially because it's really dense poetically and enjoyable but also because bread against a bitch's side it's an early example of using yeah. bitch about you know a mom joke yeah <laughs> so yeah that's uh how priests talked in scotland in the 1500s i guess i bet that was cathartic for them you know to kind of write that down and perform and oh i mean it had to be right it yeah. sounds like fun there's a reason that roast as a genre is around because it is fun to insult and to clap back and to have the audience because these are all formulated right to have the audience going oh oh yeah and there's nothing better right <laughs> um do you do you think you because I listen to a lot of podcasts as well, and um, a lot of comedy podcasts like Conan and mm -hmm. Smartless and even Armchair Expert, Dax has done some comedy. Do you think you could handle a roast if it was you being roasted? 
Um, probably not. Yeah, I don't think I'm I sensitive. Would do well, I think I would be like, I would be just, I wouldn't cry. I'd be real angry. Yeah. If I was, but then I'd probably think about it for so long afterwards. Like what they said. I don't mm-hmm. think that'd be great. Good for you if you could take that stuff. Yeah. But. So I want to talk about one more form of uh, kind of flighting as well, because it's kind of how we got into the modern Yo Mama. Mm-hmm. And that is the dozens. Are you familiar with the dozens? No idea. Okay. So the dozens is a form of, it's a game, basically, that is popular with African-American, especially youths. And especially men. Okay. So it is guessed that it came about by this uh, Nigerian game called Aikata Nakata, and which means tra- literally translated "making disparaging remarks." Snappy name <laughs> for a for a game. Call it what it is. But it was this cultural thing of you know it was like a performance between two people who were fighting, where they would verbally spar with right. each other and kind of give really fanciful language, probably not super truthful. It's just more about getting the jabs in than it is about creating actual meaning. Uh, That's one estimation of where it came from. There's a couple other ones. Obviously, it traveled over to America when African people's works enslaved and brought to America. They brought pieces of their culture with them. And uh, it may, dozens may have formed then when they got to America as a way to entertain themselves among themselves. And to kind of, some anthropologists guess that it may have been a way to build up resistance against mm. uh, outside forces to kind of build tougher skins by sparring. Yeah. Uh, but there's not a lot of great science or, you know, study behind that. I'd like to see more study about yeah. dozens because it's interesting. Yeah. Um, so whether it started in Africa or whether it started in America, in African-American populations or enslaved populations, uh, it's just this verbal banter, which especially consisted of maternal insults mm-hmm. and other critiques. Dozens has existed through the ages since, you know, since African peoples have been in America and it has traveled across the country. It is still practiced today, just in other forms. That's where we get rap battles. That's where we get roasts. Those mm-hmm. are all pieces of African culture or African-American culture that have been, you know, either appropriated or shared with the culture at large. Yeah. So, and now it's a part of, you know, American culture altogether is this banter. And it's not dozens specifically because that's its own thing, but the practice of rap battling and of all that is across. I mean, look at Hamilton. Oh, sure. It's that is just rap battles set across the backdrop of, you know, the American Revolution. Right. And that was a lot of Lin-Manuel's Miranda's hope is to make it relatable to younger generations by kind of showing that these were human beings and they were arguing and exchanging these barbs and back and forth and they were flighting. That whole show is just flighting. Yeah, yeah, and it's a good show. Yeah, it is. It's a lot of fun. Um, So in the 90s specifically, Yo Mama jokes were codified as yo mama jokes. Okay. And obviously that's a bit of African-American vernacular English. That's where that came from, the yo mama, the abbreviation. Right. Did Were these jokes, or do you remember these, like, around yo mama jokes? Sure. You remember yeah, that age? Absolutely. Where that was the mo- main form of comedy? Yeah, just like yo mama's so fill in the blank. Yes. Usually, again, either of ableist or yeah, sex it? shaming or Body fat shaming. shaming. Yeah. The, yeah. The ones I remember is your mama's so fat and then yes. fill in the blank. That was a very Or she's common. so dumb. Or, yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
I was in elementary school in the early aughts, and uh, that was a very common uh, joke format. Yeah, really? How does that go in elementary school? I mean, mostly like the your mom was so fat stuff, and it's just that. I don't think they did a lot of like the the sexual ones (laughs) because it was a little early for that. Maybe people would not have understood necessarily. People do like to insult the sexual lives of other people's mothers. Yep, they do, and uh, yeah, I mean, and boy, you want to get someone mad too, like you insult someone's mom. You're like, you can insult me, you can take that, but you insult my mom, like, <laughs> you know, don't be talking about my mom. Right. So it's don't a way like to get that. under somebody's skin because Absolutely. it's removing it just from them, where maybe they can take that bar themselves, but then it becomes personal because they're talking about their mother. Right. Um, which it's just an interesting way to kind of cut to the quick on that, and so much of our profanity is built around that, you know, bitch. Son of a bitch. Son of a gun. Uh, Bastard is even, because it's implying that your mother was unfaithful and that she slept around. Yeah. And, I mean, all that that stuff. Um, And your mom jokes across the world. I did see that in the UK, they say your mum or your ma. Your mum. In Scotland, it's your ma. And in Ireland, your mum. Okay. So, they... All over the world, or at least the English-speaking world, I did not see examples in other languages than the ones noted earlier. Oh, but in Russia, actually, this was interesting. So in Russia and other Slavic languages, uh, profanity as a whole is called mat, which is derived from the word for mother. Oh. So they call their profanity mother. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah, yeah. So it's pretty um, across the board that... uh, People like to insult other people's mother because I think it is that familial, like, cut to the quick of, like, a, some level of infantilizing women. Right. Of, like, oh, she she can't stand up for herself, so now I, her son, have to speak up for her because she's getting, right. Uh, Or, you know, an easy target because she's a woman. Right. Or an easy target because women are promiscuous and fat and whatever the hell else. Sure. Again, so. fill in the blank. Do you have a favorite rap battle? I can't say that I've consumed a lot of rap battle. <laughs> there was a big thing on the internet. There was a whole rap battle channel, and there was one between Tolkien and C.S. Lewis. Yes, I do remember when they would do like the historical figures rap battling videos. There, I don't. I'm, this is not something I'm super into. Is the rap battles to go back into the flighting? Um, is the one on the show Legion between um, Jermaine Clements? The character Jermaine plays and uh-huh. uh, Jason Manzukis. Yeah. And he he's like playing the big bad wolf. And they get in this rap battle because it's the only way they can solve the fight they're having. So they, I'll show it to you after this okay. episode. I don't know. I don't know if I made it that you far in it's, like, it's season three. So okay. Yeah. I didn't there. make it that far. Yeah. <laughs> it's a weird show. It's super weird. Loved it. <laughs> Not for everyone. Yeah. But... Yeah, it's, it's everywhere in culture, uh, just different ways of verbally sparring. And often in those verbal sparring, you'll hear some uh, maternal insults. It's just the way to go. It's like yeah. that. Uh, it's a. It's, it's like a, if you're boxing, it's like that right hook. You know, you're just gonna you gotta have one uh-huh. if you're gonna fight. Like, apparently, that's a part of it. <laughs> yep, you have to uh, involve people who aren't even there. Right, that's right. <laughs> people that you love. I'm gonna insult the ones you love. Yep. That's so, how I win. Yeah. What 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 did you learn through the episode? What uh, stuck out to you? I learned that we should compare notes before we put episodes together. Yep, that's um, probably a good, a I, good bet. You know, honest truth, uh, 
as I was putting this together, I had the fleeting thought, you know, some point we're probably going to do the same topic <laughs> and we should probably talk about this. Yeah. I specifically had that impulse while I was putting my notes together. Yeah. And it turns out this is the one. This is We haven't done this one. before. Nope. We're 41 episodes in. Yep. <laughs> and this is the first time we came with the same topic. Uh, so please listen next week anyway, because I'm going to I'm still going to talk about Son of a Gun a little bit, but I'm going <laughs> to try to bring some of the new, a little bit of information Milo did not mention. <laughs> um, the battling priest is pretty awesome. Yes. Um, I just I wonder I can't help but try to visualize what that looked like and sounded like. Especially, Can you imagine that in the Scottish accent? That, I was just yep. going to say that these Scottish priests that are just going after each other as a performance. Um, and it was popular enough that we know about it today. Yes. Yeah. It, it exists. It has existed 500 years now, this this poem of these guys just ripping each other to shreds. How about you? What stood out to you as you went through this episode? In the So I really liked learning a bit more about flighting. Um, the video of uh, Tamara Baskin is really delightful because she's just like overcome with delight over the profanity in this. She's like, I love I love cuss words. So that, that was a fun video. So learning a little bit more about the history of verbal sparring and why it's important to different cultures and how we use it to build mythology. So in that article by Colleen Stein, she actually talked about Hamilton too, which I had been planning on talking about. So mm. it's always validating when you're like, oh, I'm going to yeah. go in this direction. You see an article and like, oh, they thought the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but she talked specifically about Hamilton becomes kind of a modern mythology because oh. it is using these different forms of mythological representation in sort of the arguing between characters and in sort of recognizing the faults and powers of individuals from history mm. and kind of immortalizing them through song and through poetry and through kind of these arguments that cut to the quick of who these people are because they're giving the negative sides of who these people are and they're bragging about who they are. So you get to see these large figures who are larger than life mm -hmm show how they're larger than life by having this overblown conversation where their biggest faults and biggest successes are being blown out of proportion. Mm -hmm. So Hamilton can be seen as modern mythology through that because it is taking this story that we kind of know and yes. immortalizing it through poetry. Yeah, it really brought that story into the public eye. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I, of course, I know Alexander Hamilton. And, On the you know, $10 Aaron, bill. Aaron yeah. Burr. And yep. there was a commercial years ago, um, and they, I don't remember what the product was for, but they were they were calling this, it was a quiz show, it was a call and quiz show, and there was this guy who was eating a peanut butter sandwich, and he was watching this quiz show on TV. And they're like, "Who killed Alexander Hamilton?" And he called in, and he's like, "He's got a mouthful. He can't. He needs a glass of milk." It was a milk commercial, uh -huh. and he can't because he's like going, "Oh, whoa!" And they're like, "They can't understand what you're saying." So they hung up, and the next person won the ten thousand uh -huh. dollars. And so, like, I you know, I know I, I like American history, or yeah. I like history. So like, but that vaulted that back into right. the zeitgeist. That, that would be trivia, like before Hamilton, of like who killed Alexander Hamilton. Like, ah, <sighs> I heard that. Yeah, it was a duel, I think. Or, yeah, but now enough people have an understanding of you know. Uh, so ten years ago, if you would have asked you know twenty high schoolers who killed Alexander Hamilton, maybe you'd one. maybe get one. Maybe one. Now I would say you'd probably get half of them. Alexander Hamilton. Yeah. I'm the damn fool that shot him. That kind of stuff. Like, it's right, it's right in there. Oh, what a great, so, what a great musical. It's, it's a good, so fun. It's a good show. It's really long. It, it feels yes. like, it's like three hours. 
Yes. Anyway. Musicals are long. Well, listeners, we would appreciate if you gave us positive feedback and did not insult our mothers, especially because it's my mother's birthday today. Segway. So please leave us a review. That is nice. If you could, you can do that on Apple Podcasts or your podcatcher of choice or on Facebook if your podcatcher of choice does not have that option. You can follow us on any of those podcasters or podcatchers as well. Yes. <laughs> you can email us at watchyourmouthpod at gmail.com if you'd like to give questions, comments, or concerns, or suggestions, if you have any, so that we don't end up doing the same thing. <laughs> Maybe the well's running dry. No, we have a lot left. We There's do have a lot dozens left. dozens left. This was just a weird fluke. I don't understand. Uh, <laughs> thank you to Tony Gephardt for our theme song. Anything else? Uh, I think that pretty much covers it. I think that... Uh, and if you don't leave us a review, we're going to call you a dirty son of a... No, we won't. But <laughs> another way you could do it is if you, if we could get people to just share this on Facebook or other forms of social media, share episodes that you enjoy, that's another way for people to find us. That helps us out, yeah. Wonderful. Well, we will see you next week, Tuesday. Yep. In the meantime, have a great week. I'm Milo. And I'm Dave. Stay curious and carry a hatchet. like the devil but level and surrender thief or grief and mischief shall come courting gravel for grace dog face or I shall chase you all winter howl and yowl owl I shall foul your fame and fortune naked kept on fed and breed against a bitch's side and like a mongrel criminal man set aught by you cunt bit sorry shit worthless get hard and hide wasted weather tawdry tether evil adder I defy you Thank you. Not bad. <laughs> Not, Not bad. bad. Now do it in 1500 Scottish. <laughs> I don't know that. Enjoy.